One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Yeah, what's going on, Rush Nation? Once again, the boys from Ice the Kicker in the studio, and then we've got a bit of a special guest in the second half of the show. Murph, as always, big man, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. It's uh, a, plever- a pleasure to be amongst this esteemed company as we have here, and... Life is good. It is. I think we should make a genuine push for like the English around the NFL desk set. I love thing. that. Yeah. yeah. Although they've just moved sets. So now they've got a proper like lounge thing going on. Do you want to create a lounge? We could have this. No, no, no. This is taking me way too long yeah. to start. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but not they really had to start somewhere. Yeah. We need to yeah, we need to uh, raise some money to do that. Um so start. I've not been made the uh GM of the of the Giants since our last Podcast Not went yet. out, so it's still time. It's early. I don't want to be over keen, but <laughs> when it happens, then you know we can we can look forward to having such lovely offices to do podcasts from, and we can be a little bit picky, like have just green M and Ms and stuff like that in the bowl in front of us. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know why I pick green. I just I don't mind that as long as you don't pick red as well, because I'm colourblind. I won't be able to tell the difference, so they'll all be green. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the spillover show considering we only got through 10 of the 25 free agents. Starting at number 11 is CJ Mosley. Charlie's all yours. CJ Mosley will go quicker this time. Uh, I think the Ravens keep him. I think they're a franchise that 
very much draft and develop. They like to hold on to their own guys. Admittedly, Flacco is going, but they're passing the torch over to the younger guy. But normally, you know, Suggs, they keep, they like to keep their guys, keep them in building. They're not huge in free agency, so the draft is where they gain their big in comp- uh, compensatory picks. But uh, CJ Mosley stays, gets his deal, and he's rewarded. Nice. You you don't have to not take your time. You know you can you can just do you and, and explain. No, to be honest, that's all I had to say about CJ Mosley, <laughs> but I just uh, decorated it quite nicely. He's, 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 he's got great leadership, so they they definitely need that with a younger roster, don't they? They do, but the defense has always been massive for the Ravens. It's it's the offense that really needs an upgrade. They need weapons. They need to be drafting near free agency. I know they're going to be going in a new direction, very more running. Uh, base yeah, they got really crabby, haven't they? So. Yeah, so I think they're going to go offense anyway. So if they are going offense, they need to keep their all their core defense uh, pieces in place. So he's, he's definitely staying. Agreed. All right, um, Anthony Barr, the Vikings linebacker. Um, I I I like him. I think he's 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 a, he's a very good defender. But I I think his productions uh, went down last year, and the Vikings they went big on your main man quarterback. So for me. Anthony Barr, I, I think he'll be going somewhere else, and um, just because I think they'll, they'll need to start looking after Kirk Cousins, protecting him. It wasn't a good season for him, and if they protect him, they might break to double figures of wins next year. Might so uh, for me, he would go to someone that's linebacker uh, needy, someone like the Bengals. I'm just going to throw out there; they've got that cap space. They're in the top ten with most cap space, so so I like the look of him going somewhere else. Whether that will happen or not, I don't know, but he is a good player that would, would, would lift definitely the Bengals. I think he fits in at the Packers, believe it or not. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I really do. No, and I'm not I'm not saying that because because he's something that we need. We need linebackers with aggression and speed. There is a somewhat of a history. He was the one that uh, broke Aaron Rodgers' collarbone and uh, ruled him out for the season before when we had to pull up Brent Huntley. But um, the Vikings, what's happened is they're in a little bit of cap space hell and they can't pay everyone and they've paid a lot of people. Hunter just got extended. Dalvin Cook's going to want a deal. They've gave the guarantee to Cousins. So there's not a lot of mind to spread about. And especially when they need to shore up that O-line, do they keep uh, Barr is another question. I don't think they do. But he could stay in the NFC North. And there's 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 been a, there's been history, hasn't there? Players trading between the Vikings and the Packers, most notably Favre. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I also think with Barr, a couple of injuries this year and the Vikings' defence didn't dip any more without him. So I feel like they can see him being let's let's save the twelve million dollars on him and be able to to spend it elsewhere. Yeah, I mean he didn't raise the bar this year, did he? Oh no, we left those in the last one. Oh. I see what's happened there, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice segue to move on. Thanks That's why much. we've sat you two together. Naughty <laughs> yeah. corner over here, the pun corner, if you will. So I've got another Viking, DT Sheldon Richardson. He's been on the prove-it contract for years. Started really, really hot this season, but then probably by the end of the season, the Vikings wanted a little bit more. And as you boys just alluded to, their cap isn't the biggest. So I can see Richardson moving on as well, just freeing up more cap space to pay the boys when they need it. I don't really know who needs a defensive tackle. Any suggestions? I think quite a few teams do. Um, I think it's difficult because he's going to want money. He's going to want a decent payday. I mean, it's just a stupid thing to say, but he's going to want a decent payday. And I think a team that's in win-now mode, I'm just not really thinking that a contender's going to come in and take him. So I'm thinking he probably goes to 
a team that's on the rise, maybe. So, um, maybe someone like Miami. Um, maybe someone who, who's got a new coach and wants to bring in some experienced players. So, I'd be looking at some of the eight landing spots of the new coaches. Somewhere like Cincinnati, maybe. Um, who they need to address some holes. They've got quite a lot to fill. That that could be the sort of area, I think. It's a big name, isn't it? Um, but I don't think he's impressed enough for me to, to go to a contender. So I think it'd be one of those teams that are more looking upwards than opposed to thinking that this is the piece to get him over the top. So, yeah, Miami or Cincinnati, they're the sort of teams I would think maybe he could go to. Nice. I've got Ronald Darby. So Ronald Darby tore his ACL. Um, but... Let's be honest, the 2019 corner, cornerback class is pretty dire. Uh, you've got Greedy Williams in there, and you've got one or two others. But um, I don't really love the cornerback class, and outside of one or two picks in the draft, and outside of him on, on free agency, there isn't a lot. So I think he's going to go for big money. Big money plus a team with a need to become probably one of the best secondaries in the the NFL, I am sending him to the New York Jets. (laughs) I think the New York Jets are going to absolutely pay this guy so much money. I'm talking 10 mil, 11 mil, that sort of range. They just give a big uh, deal to Tremaine Johnson though last year, didn't they? Which they come out and kind of said they regret it and that was a big cornerback deal. So, But I think if you're looking at Greg Williams... And he's thinking about, I need players now mm. who are going to help me improve. He loves cornerbacks. He loves getting big, hard cornerbacks who are just going to absolutely, especially those soft cornerbacks as well, the ones that are going to play hard and, and, and mop up pieces. And just, it really helps with the way he schemes. There just aren't that many about. And I think that he's going to go in and say, let's pay the guy. It's a big deal, though, off a torn ACL. Big, big deal off a torn listen, ACL. Listen, weaker men have come back from torn ACLs, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I see him going to the J-E-T-S Jets. Mm, Jets up. I'm just going to throw it out there. It means nothing for this pod, but myself and Charlie were in London, and we managed to get a photo of Ronald Darby back in the day, and Gilmore when the, the bills were over. And mm. was, um, I, I don't even know where that picture is, Charlie, but um, what do you say on Ronald Darby? Based on we're that tight. Picture. We're tight. Me and Ronald. Yeah, we're yeah, really we're tight. Yeah. Where's he going? Going through the hard times. Yeah. I think I think he stays at the Eagles. Ooh, interesting. And they are they they they're in terrible cap space, but they're going to do a, a lot of rejigging this summer. But their secondary, they can't be afforded to let people go. Yeah, but they're minus sixteen million in the cap. If they're going to pay him, I, for him, I mean, he might give him a, a discount, but I don't think much. So mm. you're still looking to pull up nine, nine ten mil. If they we'll can do that, wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> oh, if only we could do this now. Uh, number fifteen, the Honey Badger. Oh, there's a big fish pump there. He's my absolute favourite player in there. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's he's my like of all the players in free agency, he's my absolute favourite. Do you know why? No, I don't, and I want to. Fire the cannons, Murph. Well, no, I, I don't think he comes. You I think he, he must have. Bruce Arians loves Tony yeah. Matthews. But I do. But he I picked him up in the draft, even with his character concerns. I would love it. Yeah. I would, I'd literally, I'd be doing loops around the garden. And, uh, do, 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 do you like him because of the connection, or you think he's that good of a safety? Both. Wow, it's interesting, because a lot of, apparently, the Texans, they were, um, not say best pleased with his production, tackles, he said that he's poor at tackling, and he got a lot of Twitter abuse in, he said he had really poor games, he missed, and everyone's like, do you watch the tape? Yeah, I, 
when you're looking at a player like like the Honey Badger, I think for me, the average NFL fan, and this is no slight on us, because I, I throw ourselves in there, right? Mm. We don't Early fully understand. called us experts. <laughs> <laughs> now we're the average fan. What uh, have we said? Different pods, and it? Different yeah. audiences. Yeah. You know, yeah, Came yeah. to the matters. I think um, it's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not you, it's me. Um, I've put you off your trailer for yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. Why do you like Tyron Matthew so much? I, I, I love him because uh, the reason he got so much stick is the average NFL fan, you know, we, we can sit there and we can analyse the play. And we see the big picture, but we don't get the details of the scheme, the the you know the roots run, the, the the schematics of each play. And he could be doing exactly what the coaches are telling him to do, and the coaches could be getting it wrong. And it's all on the player because that's what you see. Um, if it's a much bigger, wider scheme of continuously bad plays over and over and over again, that's when the coaches get it. So I think I think he's an elite player. I think he's a player who has come through a lot. I think he's got the right desire, the right attitude. You look at what he overcame to come into the league. He was expelled from LSU. Um, and to put himself in the position he did, the kid made a mistake in life, and, and, and everybody does. But he dealt with it the right way, and he's mm-hmm. become an exemplary person in the NFL. And I'm not, I'm not talking about just player. I mean just the attitude of the guy, that willingness to win, but mixed in with that, he is a humble guy. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I love. I love players that want to win. And I think he's he, Tampa has a huge cultural problem. It has a huge culture problem. You, you're talking about players who they didn't care about losing last year. They'd lose a game and they'd go into the locker room and they'd play ping pong and they'd do it in front of the press. Mm. And they just they, there was not this. You had three or four players like G, Jason Pierre-Paul who would be ripping people off for losing. Like, what is this place? He called them out publicly mm. and said, I, "I don't know what we're doing here." Like, because players just in, in that dressing room under Cutter and under the skin. And that was why I wanted the, the coach to go. It wasn't. That I felt he was a terrible guy or a terrible coach. I just felt that there was just the culture there was all wrong, and Arians will sort that out. But you need leaders who have been there, who have done it on the field. Jason Pierre-Paul was a great pickup because he has that natural leadership. Tyron Matthews, another one. I think the more winners and the more natural abilities, big characters in the dressing room, who people are going to look at and go, "Yeah, I'm with that guy." Mm. The, the better. And for me, I would have him over Landon Collins for, for that. I think that personality plus skill level top guy I'd, I'd buy a shirt I'll be honest with you if we signed him <laughs> if we signed him the first thing I'd do is I'll go buy Tyra Matthews shirt yeah the, the, the thing is with me you're speaking like he's already a buccaneer you was defending him <clears> and saying he, he was defending his character and stuff I never not I didn't pass judgement on his character I'm saying will he be signed or should he be signed purely on his ability alone he's, he has overcome so much but so have a lot of players overcome so much and so much so Many of them have done so well to escape poor backgrounds and I stuff agree. to get into the NFL. But you sort of gave him a semi-pass by saying, it was it schematics? Was it bad coaching? But if we give that pass to him, we could give that pass to every player. It's got to be ability on some point because the Cardinals didn't want to re-sign him. And the Texans only give him a one-year deal. And now potentially they don't want to sign him because he's already tweeted out saying, I'm a winner wherever I go. It looks like he's moving on. So it's two franchises now that don't really want to stay on to him for whatever reasons. Could be schematics and so on and so forth. I think, but, I think with Arizona, it was more money and um, the player did want to go. Yeah. He'd lost his mentor. The, the, it was a sinking ship. You can't really blame anyone. With the Texans, I mean, listen, if, if someone's out there booing me every week, I'm not... Deva- I, listen, I don't I don't think he ends up at the Buccaneers. I really don't. I'd love him to, but I don't think he does. I, 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 he, he did fall victim to a, a poor safety market last year when 
loads of safeties weren't being uh, taken and there was a lot of one-year prove-it deals and getting picked up late. Eric Reed, Boston, they're all picked up really late mm. and it was a strange, strange safety market. I don't know if that's going to happen this time round, but there is something that I don't... I, I, I don't know what it is. I wouldn't go, you know, when you talk Earl Thomas or you talk Landon Collins, you go, I want him. Where's he going? There's something that just holds me back on the Honey Badger. And I'm not sure what it is. And, and it's not because I don't like him. I really, I find his character engaging and you want winners. You want those type of personalities on your team because I'd rather have that type of character than someone who just wants to pick up their paycheck. But I don't know what it is, but I, I take him at the Niners. Yeah. I, definitely. I take him at the Niners just because he knows. The Cardinals and he's he's played in that division before. So so if if the Niners were were in the market, I, I think he's yeah. I agree with everything that both you and Murph have said, Charlie. Mm. And, I, th- I think well, I, he's I mov- def- he's moving on for definitely for sure. Where <sighs> I'm not sure where. That's a tough. One. I think it's tough, mm. but I guess we'll see. I'm going to throw out there if the Rams lose Lamarcus Joyner, who we will talk about later, he goes to the Rams. Well, so much later that it's right now. Uh, Lamarcus Joyner, oh, wow. sixteen. Uh, safety Rams, another safety. So basically, talking about him, uh, I, uh, I, I think, I think they'll they'll use the franchise tag on him uh, to to keep him at the Rams. Um, then that's that's all I have to say on that. Really, um, they're, they're that close. I think they try and hold on to those key positions, and therefore push again, and maybe somehow do better in a Super Bowl final and make it a little bit more interesting for everybody. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got 17, I've got Teddy Bridgewater. Quarterback of the Saints was. He's not staying there, is he? Let's be honest. He didn't have a great week 17, but then that was because the Saints basically played their second 11, and the offensive line didn't protect Bridgewater. I just, I, I haven't seen enough of him personally in the NFL to know if he's good enough to be a starter. I probably would have taken him as a bridge year at the Broncos. And then drafted someone decent in 2020, but we seem to have gone a different direction and got Joe Flacco in. The Jets should have kept him, but then they, they, you know, if it had been the way Murph suggested and the Jets didn't get Darnold, then Bridgewater might have been a good move, but that was not even real life, let alone history. I don't, I don't know. He could go Jacksonville for a year. He's a good bridge gap, I think, one year. Like what, what, about, what about. That's good. Uh, what about the Dolphins? Is he better than uh, Ryan? The Tannehill. Well, now, you know, Taco Man's out the door in Miami. I think, he, yeah, he's better than Tannehill. But then Tannehill's been injured. And actually, when Tannehill started, he's not been too bad. He's not been given the greatest weapons in Miami, let's be honest. So, apart from Jarvis Landry. Could I throw a destination out here? You can try. Washington. <laughs> yeah, I don't hate that. In fact, I like that. I think Washington is a great landing spot for him. I think if he goes to Washington... You're talking about that. Let's be honest. The quarterback room at Washington is Colt McCoy. Oh, we should have said legless. And Colt McCoy for 2019. That's it. That's who they got in the room. I've got nothing against Colt McCoy. He's fine. Um, but Jay, Jay Gruden loves him. Jay Gruden loves Colt McCoy. But I think, let's be honest, with where the draft capital is, you can either spend the money mm. um, or spend the draft capital, spend the picks and try and get up and get Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. And then you're thinking about what do you do with... Um, you know, Alex Smith, does he come back, etc. Whereas I think Teddy Bridgewater is ready to go. I think you can give him a year and I think you see what you get out of him. If he chooses to be competition for Alex Smith, great. If Alex Smith comes back, you can sign him on a two-year option for not a lot of money. How much would you pay him? Because he's on seven million for that one year. 
in, yeah. in the Saints. For, for a quarterback, that's, that's not much. Which is the same again. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably give him like a two-year, 13, 14 million, 14 million deal. Yeah. I don't for what for what they're going to spend in their room. It's not it's not a lot. Colt McCoy's not earning big bucks. No. Alex Smith is, but he's injured, so you'll be paying him a discount. Um, some of that's guaranteed money and things like that. But roster bonuses he doesn't get. I don't I don't hate kicking the tire on on this one and seeing what you get. And if it doesn't work out, two year deal, maybe don't guarantee the second year or something like that. I think you're fine. It's it's much better than spending twenty million on Sam Bradford and things like that. So. I think seven million in this class is cheap, considering that your salary cap's going to go up about eleven mil this year. So you're not even eating into increase. So I think it's that sort of deal. I think makes a lot of sense, and I'll tie him to the second year just in case it works. I think you risk doing a one year seven mil, and the next year you got to pay him twenty mil if it, if he turns out to be a stud and goes to the Pro Bowl or something like that. So give him incentives. Mm. I think Teddy B stayed. I think they traded third round pick for him. I don't think. I think. I don't think they let him go. I think it's too high a draft pick. I think uh, Sean Payton actually really likes him, and I only. I think this is Drew Brees last year. R- whether they win or they don't, this is his last year, one hundred percent. And That's Teddy hot. B's. He's a uh, pick right there. Oh, man, it's not. It's not. Not. This is last year because he's losing it. I think. I think he wants to bow out. I think he's a family man, and I think this is his last year. He signed this two-year deal because he thought this this is my two years. This was the window, and it pretty much should have been. Apart from the mm. PI call, cool. Mm. So I have got Preston Smith, linebacker of those Washington Redskins. Um, he's a pretty underrated player. Pro Football Focus have him uh, as the eighth-ranked outside linebacker in a in a three-four. So very very good player he's going to get paid he's going to get paid and I think he leaves because I don't think Washington are going to pay him so you're looking at I reckon someone like Preston Smith in this market will probably get somewhere around eight maybe nine mil that's a lot for a lot for an outside linebacker a lot of money um so I think he is going to head to New York because that's why I like sending people right (laughs) Uh, he's going to join my New York football giants when I become GM and I'm going to pay him the money. <laughs> we were all promised roles earlier and now it's just yours. Well, it's we've, been, we've been shunned by the space we had. Yeah, yeah no, you, you guys are there. You're, you're my, you're... Do I get something on the email that says what my role is at the bottom? You of can the... make up your own role. I could do that now, but I won't until you give me the official... Cool. I'm with cool. you, man. I'm, I'm traveling. So at New York Giants, please do drop us a DM. I'm still waiting for... <laughs> Correspondence. Tom.deacon at Giants. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I genuinely think he goes to. I, I think the Giants make sense. Um, they need they need linebacker support there. I think uh, you could do worse than Preston Smith. Um, he, you're going to need to pay him. I think Gettleman is the sort of guy that would do that. Um, so I think that's where he'll go. Does he make him a lot better? We'll wait and see. In Dominican Sue, uh, number nineteen. This is a real quick one. I think that uh, the Rams keep him. They've 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 got the stars, but they're going to pay the star. They're going to keep the man. He was on their uh, one year deal, but he really turned up for them in the playoffs. He's had a long career. He's been wrecking quarterbacks his whole career, but he uh, it was the playoff games when the big lights were on. He shined, and he was a real game stopper for them and uh, he's had that taste I think he's going to stay around could possibly even do a team friendly deal which is not what Sue's known for but he's a man that's earned a lot of money especially at Miami and now at Rams and I think that the LA is a kind of a place where he's kind of bought in the bright lights I think he likes it under Sean McVay he likes it with Donald he likes that team 
you know, and why leave after you've earned that money? I'm not a big believer in that players are all about the money. I keep hearing this like, oh, he wants to go where the money is. It's got to be a little bit at the end of the day where that young boy at heart, when you're running around in the field, you, you play to lift the trophy. You don't you don't care about money so much. And when you've earned a certain amount, I believe that you might revert back to that. And I, I believe Sue stays. It's like the Patriots. They always manage to get their players to take mm. a team-friendly. Why are they not doing that at more teams? The, ring, the, the rings can. The rings do the talk. Mm. Talking. Uh, I've got KJ Wright, uh, number 20, linebacker for the Seahawks. Uh, knee injury. Kept him out for 11 games. Um, but he's a very good run stopper. And I think in that division, uh, with my Niners and then Matt Brader <laughs> and then Jarek McKinnon. Uh, and then you've got Johnson. And then you've got every player for the Seahawks. The Seahawks really looking after the running game that's come on leaps and bounds. And it is allowing Russell Wilson to, to open up a bit more. I think they well. um well, I think KJ Wright will, will, will do do the business and I think they'll work out some sort of friendly contract. If not, they'll tag him. I think he stays because defensively they're going to lose people like L. Thomas. So I think he's he's going to be sticking around. Uh, the the other team, obviously, in that division is the Rams. So, so you know, you've got to stop Gurley. So um, I think they're going to, yeah, stay in. I've got another Raven in Zedarius Smith at 21. Outside linebacker now. Charlie mentioned earlier the Ravens need to keep someone about with experience to coach the new guys coming in. And I think someone with 10 sacks, 17 QB hits and 33 hurries <laughs> off 690 snaps last year. Someone you want to hang keep around, show these boys a bit of talent. So I think it's just another piece they plug in next year and carry on. Cool. I've got uh, Ezekiel Ansar, defensive end for the Lions. Um, guy's barely played in two years. So 662 snaps in two years is not a lot of football. Um, it's a tough one. I don't think the Lions keep him um, because I think they'll want to move on and and get players. And again, if we talk about Trey Flowers potentially coming in, for example, then Anzal's an easy one to ship out um, and then leave out there. So I think he is going to go to the Dallas Cowboys. I just think this is the most Cowboys move ever wow. to go ahead and sign a player who um, hasn't played a lot of football, has a lot of talent, but it's all name and previous not current form it's what the the cowboys are known for they don't ever make a a splash of someone who is like hot now take amari cooper who was just dying in oakland and then they turn him in they turn him into this this gem of a player um and it's just releasing the talent they've always got and i think you know he's going to fit in with the culture quite well there um and i think jerry jerry's going to love him so I love that. If they lose Lawrence as well, it makes more sense. Yeah. So I think they lose Lawrence and they pick out Anzar and uh, and roll with that. Pick and um, less money as well. I mm, don't think they'll pay to fill though. Like you've got Lawrence and then you're going, right, answer, you're our new Lawrence. But you're obviously answer, but you, you, we need you to do the, do the same. Big shoes to fill, but I, but I like it though as a, a trading in, trading out. Yeah, I think you save some cap, which you can spend in other areas. They need to... Uh, get some weapons. Uh, Anton and Thomas coming in. It's a it's a big revamp. It's yeah, good. I like it. I, he's excited. If I was a Cowboys fan, yeah. then I'd be like, oh, this is nice. Cowboys fans fun. are always like that. Yeah, <laughs> and but they need these kind of moves to feed off that, don't they? America's team. We have to have the big splash. It kind of it kind of fits in well. It's a, it's a good fit, Murph. I like it. I hate awesome. to uh, jump in, boys, but Murph, we're on the clock in our in our. Oh, really okay. early dynasty league. So let's so. jump in here. What round are we in? The twenty second round. We're in the twenty second round. Yep, at twenty two ten. Oh no, we've missed out on Jacoby Prissett. Oh man. Who do we take? Come on. Well, we can't take Jacoby Prissett. No, we can Here's take your that. options, and we, we can't take we can't take Christian Hackenberg because Stevie Ray of the Kickers Mad podcast took him. So, 
Who, who have we got on the shortlist? Doug Martin, Colt McCoy, and Jeff Wilson. Is that what we've got on the on the list? That's our watch Ooh. list. That's your watch list. Yep. There's wait, no one. Are you else. passing this pick over to me and Tom as guests? Well, let's <laughs> evaluate it. Keep in mind, this is the twenty second player to appear on our roster. So this person's the first of what we call a cut candidate because we're going to draft three rookies as well. So three rookies, so three names will come off the roster quickly. But if you're sitting there with the 200 and... We'll say it's around about the 250th. It's going to be more than that. I don't know. It, does, it doesn't have the number in front of me. About two... Maybe it's around 260. Around about 260 pick in the draft. Tough one, boys. We're, well, we've got loads of players because it's 22 weeks. I don't have deep. the shortlist here. Well, Wilson... Um, and uh, uh, being a Niners fan, um, had uh, he looked good, came off special teams, and as a running back, so we had some running back problems. Don't know if you heard about it. Oh, I banged yeah. on about it a lot. Uh, but basically, all right, it, it, questionable because um, obviously he got an injury. Uh, I think it was arm that broke. Uh, That's right. Late in the season, so uh, he could be one of your your sort of like little gems to sit there. But don't forget, you got McKinnon, Breeder uh, coming back. Um, but then. Doug Martin, that ruined my fantasy last year. So, uh, <laughs> and Colt McCoy, what are you going to get from I think Wilson, personally, for me, because of the potential. Mm. I mean, you do need some kind of urgency because you have got just under eight hours to make this pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> they won the route through tonight. You, this draft has been going on for four days. So, Well, if we're quick about it, we might even get the one on turn. So, yeah, we can make hello. two picks. Could be two picks in one now, podcast. Double Dan. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to suggest Doug Martin here because if Beast Mode yeah. doesn't go back to Oakland, he could be their star. But they're, they're playing in Oakland this year, and uh, apparently that's, that was a big thing for Marshall Lynch. Looks like he could be playing again this year. But he is 32, and he only played six games last season. That is true. Also, Doug Martin is getting on a bit, proved mm. it, but he was. I don't think he broke over 10 points very often in fantasy, maybe once or twice. And um, if he's a cut candidate. It's a gamble, anyway. Yeah, I mean, listen, we're we're, we're two hundred and sixty picks into this. This, this I take so. Doug Martin. Yeah, but as this well. is our first pick, and yeah. we, this means a lot to us. So, or, and if or, you cut or, him, I'm going to be hurt. Or, or <laughs> what about? But what about Colt McCoy? Because Colt McCoy is. You just told us he's the only one in Washington's quarterback he is, room at this moment in time. Yeah. He's the only one in the room. So he's a backup quarterback. If you take Teddy Bridgewater and he's got injury problems, say he did get traded, and that disagrees with Charlie that he's not going to stay in the Saints. He's likely to get injured. Who's your backup, Colt McCoy? There's been a past three seasons where he's uh, very close to um, yeah to, to, to so going on the plane I'm no none the wiser as to who to I mean, I was gonna Chris say. you are captain of the ship alongside Murph you, you go for who you feel no come on we want to hear if you, so you you think Wilson or Martin oh, uh, I, I think if I'm practical brain I would say it's unlikely that Wilson will play that much next year but he is a gem that if there are some more injuries which is likely so, However, Doug Martin is more likely to get you at least some points. I I think we leave Wilson to the end because his ADP is currently 212 away from where we are. So people probably haven't even scrolled that far mm. down the list. So well, I he think, ran about the 500s, is he? 430. Yeah, okay. So I think we take Martin or McCoy here. I reckon we take Martin because people aren't going to take McCoy because they think he's got a broken leg, isn't going to play, and therefore they're going to take Agreed. Plug him in. Doug Martin with the 22nd pick. I can now confirm that has been the pick made. Plugged. Picked on the podcast. Anyway, moving on. Boom, 23. And it is a special one because uh, it is Daryl Williams of the Panthers. Defensive tackle. Now, this is an interesting one because didn't play much at all last year. Nearly missed uh, all of the season. So when a player is coming off an injury like that, it's hard to know whether a long-term deal, franchise tag, do they they just cut a... cut him loose and uh, cut their losses. So it's a tough one, but 
I don't think the Panthers are in a position to be losing players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, when that is the area that needs most work. Or they could really just go for a complete re- rebuild of that side of the ball. But um, after the injury, that could weaken Daryl Williams' market, so he could come back on a team-friendly deal and they keep him there. But with my Panthers' ear on, they are thinking that that he's going to be staying and a uh, connection, a deep connection that I have with a lot of Panthers fans. Just, it just, it was like a light. It came on and I'm, I'm expecting Daryl Williams to stay in Carolina. I, I felt that as well. Mm. I kind of felt the light. Like, you did. Saw it. Yeah. 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 A little glint in the eye. Uh, well, Charlie, uh, this is a player I'm sure you'd have liked to talk about. Number 24. Ha ha. Clinton Dix. Uh, safety at the Redskins traded earlier on last season uh, by the Packers. They thought he was uh, not the man for the future. Um, for them, uh, in terms of him being expensive and and what he does, I, I'm not. I'm going to paraphrase what Charlie said uh, because uh, I don't know if you tick that little box that says this have expletive language. But basically, what Charlie said was he can't tackle for uh, he can't tackle very well. I think number twos. So, yeah, yeah. So basically, I would say that um, based on my knowledge of Ha Clinton Dix from Charlie, the Redskins should get rid of him and save a bit of cap space. However, they have lost a couple of um, safeties, cornerbacks in that defence, so he kind of feels like he's the only one there. Uh, DJ uh, Swearing Swearinger. Swearinger left. And, uh, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, and uh, Monte Nicholson's uh, little um, handcuffs uh, moment. So uh, for me, maybe the Redskins keep him because they've got a lot of uncertainty uh, in terms of quarterback and actually just shoring up Regardless of where he can tackle or not, he he will lead a little bit in, in the secondary. Surely, because he's got the best name in the NFL, has to stay. He has to stay because you make the money back in shirt sales. Some people say that he's uh, a laughing stock. Hey, <laughs> buzzing. <laughs> okay, right. Stop this. This is Lucas. I'm moving on. Twenty five. Twenty five. Honestly, it's just laughable now. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> back at you. Talk, talked about bonus pods, We're but be a laughing stock at this rate. The well, contract for all three of you is getting ripped up if you carry on <laughs> the ten. That's all right. I'm getting a New York Giants contract. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't offer you any of those incentives whatsoever, apart from a decent office space. You know. Thank you. So twenty-five, another defensive end, Brandon Graham of the Eagles. It's a long way down the list for this guy, but he is thirty-one, and as we mentioned earlier, there's defensive ends of a lot higher quality, and the Eagles don't have a lot of money, so I don't think he stays. And I think he goes to whoever doesn't manage to sign the better defensive ends in the market. Ooh. Can I? I mean, I know that it's not my podcast, and I'm very much a guest, and I don't want to outstay my welcome. Uh, but I've I've seen that Randall Cobb uh, at the Packers is someone that's going to be good, and, and and obviously this draft does not have a lot of offensive weapons coming through. Would anyone snap him up? Just curious what what everybody here thinks. I don't think he'll stay at the Packers. Yeah, I've got two words for you: Oakland Raiders. Really. Because of Jordy Nelson and that, that. Just think that's what Joel Gruden does. He loves old players. Wow. He loves old old players who play, who have played, who have records. So do the Ravens. Yeah, I was just going to say the Ravens, especially with Crabtree mm. being released as well. Yeah, but under, but don't forget they've got a quarterback who can't throw the football. So I don't know that Murph is off seen in training. I've seen him sneak pre, and he's oh. only a slot receiver. He's just there for when oh, it doesn't yeah, go right. I'm really glad he can do it in training. But they've simulated game situations. They simulated game. Listen, I can't. I just want him to. Do you know I can, I can throw a football on Madden, but that doesn't mean I can be an NFL quarterback. Mm. I, I have you down as a square man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, I, 
I think what we can say from this free agency is let's just wait and see what happens. We'll wait and see. Let's see how many we get right. The floor is yours, my man. Come on in. Go on in. Right, Rush Nation. It's got to that bit about fantasy football. It's only been a couple of shows and we haven't talked about it. Once again, we are with the boys from Ice to Kicker because they need our help. And not only that, we have a special guest in the studio. I want to say super fan. Antonio, is that fair? I'd say yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> super fan. Not of only our, of our podcast, but you listen to Ice to Kicker as well. And it's good to have you in. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Early start, but yeah, doing well. What time are you up? Well, I've got a two-year-old, so stupid clock every morning, every day. Fair. But I love his get-up, though, more than anything. London Monarchs, retro, vintage, original, with a mix of Carolina Panther. you got some flavour going on there. Just keeping it real, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's mad respect. Mad respect, yeah. great news. So, yeah. I need to start off by saying... Thank you to Antonio. Now, Murph and I organised a fantasy football playoff competition. Well, Antonio set it up. We just helped assistant commissioner. That, yeah, okay, that's well, after, after enjoying fantasy with you guys for this season, and then it came to the playoffs, I just really couldn't say no to it anymore. So then I approached you guys and said, look, let's just keep this going. And so what was born was was the Sandejo fantasy football and you know we're not bragging here or anything but Murph and I did take the trophy home with a week to go just saying yeah basically we just had to set a line up on Super Bowl Sunday to make sure that we didn't uh, throw it away so we just needed to get just some points on the board so the you pressure did, was you off. did destroy the competition I think you like were what 40 points ahead of everyone else yeah it's about 40-50 I think going into the final week I think we came second and we'd won every week until the Super Bowl week, and then I think we finished two points behind on, as in for the week. We so, wanted to clean sweep it. And then Antonio came along because he's, he's leaving the country and uh, going to different climes. That's right, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he brought along a trophy. You know, we, we didn't expect it, but we'd now have a trophy sat on our on our desk. So thanks very much. That's okay. So, really lovely gesture. Um, it's been good getting to know you through Sunday Ho Ho before that. Um, you interact with the pods, which is great, and ask some questions that we've aired. And uh, I know you listen to the Ice to Kicker boys, so I thought, why not kill two birds, one stone, uh, and get you on to join all of us, and we just have a, a mega show. Yeah. So with that being said, let's talk mega show drafting. We just had one pick. We're back on the click clock, boys. Now, Murph just asked for the highest rated ADP, and that's Sam Bradford at 146. We're not taking him. No, I, I would rather take myself. Um, than Sam Bradford really yeah I, I, I think Sam Bradford has nicked a living well, I, I think he should feel bad I think he should give some of his money to um, us. charities or us or someone so here, here's the list okay Sam Bradford no Rob Kelly no Ben Watson no Brandon Marshall no Mike Crabtree no Chris Hogan no Adam Shaheen no Ted Ginn you saying no to all of these people? Yeah, right? me and Charlie. Uh, 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 Crabtree is definitely going to land on some yeah. team. Chris Hogan definitely. Ted Ginn, yeah. Chris Watson, Hogan. They're yeah. talking about the Niners picking him up because of his links. This is this is strange. No, <laughs> this is strange. And How this, this is why we're here. Draft, this is this, this is why we're, we're here to learn. We're in the twenty third round, guys. I mean, 
Shall I just run through our wide receivers who are going to start? And this might sway your decision. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. right. So yeah, our starting our wide receivers are Antonio Brown, T.Y. Hilton, Mike Williams, Julian Edelman and Albert Wilson. And then we've got Emmanuel Sanders, Equinemius St. Brown, Trey Quinn and Justin Watson. I can feel Murph's eyes burning me as you go through that list. The very middle of the pack of the road starters, their average. <laughs> <laughs> barely, barely touchdowns between them. Yeah. Uh, no, are that is a good pack. Are they end zone, like red zone threats? Do you know what I mean? That, that's something to. Have they, do. have they done it on a cold Tuesday night? <laughs> I think, yeah, all of them. Uh, <laughs> there's Cody Letterman. I don't, I don't hate Crabtree. What, what position are you short on? Keep going to. Quarterback, tight end. There's no kickers, you know, no DSTs. Coy, what about, what about, um, what about Shaheen, the tight, the tight end? I mentioned him earlier. Murph shot me right. Is he a, no, no, is he no. A free agent though. No, because the, the, the no, Bears have just cut Sims. Shaheen, I'm telling you, Shaheen was a rookie last year mm. or the year before. Oh, and was, then he got yeah. injured last year. Yeah, and I and I think Nagy likes him. And that's why they've cut Sims. They're going to keep him around, and I, I actually really like him as a prospect. So is he the two behind Burton? Yes. Yeah, but the market for tight end isn't massive anyway. Is it? No, there's, there's no one in this. Yeah, and if and if you say okay, you've got ASJ and. I think there's no loss with Shaheen. Like you said, if he's so low, I feel a bit of pressure now. But I've really <laughs> nailed my colours to the mask on him. <laughs> Useless. It's too late, Charlie. We've just drafted Adam Shaheen. Please keep wow. him in the league. <laughs> Where's not happy? I don't know. We're, we're, sitting, we're sitting so close right now that him not being happy is quite worried. Charlie, it's we, almost like we're going to do Islands no, in the no, street. No, Islands <laughs> in the street. To be honest, he is our, th- he's our fourth choice tight end because we've got Rob Gronkowski... Jared um, Cook. Darwin, yeah, we've got Jared Cook. Um, and then. No, no, don't, no, no. No, you're not revealing that one. Gronk, we're waiting well, to find out what him. happens. Haven't we have picked him. We've taken Josh Hill. Who you is? know, Gronk could not play, so yeah. he he, all play. these could be. Is, yeah. got, is Gronk confirmed coming back, or is no. he carrying on he's party? Not but he is coming back. He, he, he's told people of his decision, but it's uh, not been announced. He's coming back, he's just not official, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're the GM of the Giants, there's nothing you don't know. I'll be honest, I've had a chat at the Combine, and yeah, we use Zoom, and that's what's going to happen. It's better than Skype. Oh, 100%. Oh, can I also just say thank you very much to for listening to our podcast, and it's really nice to meet one of the people that listen to it. I've actually told something to Murph that I'm going to be emigrating, and it's going to involve a nice... 14 hour drive and I'm planning to download all of the podcasts, podcasts. no no I've listened to all the last year's ones so I'm going to re-download them and have them playing while I'm driving do you want to enjoy your journey <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it'll be the one of the highlights of the drive especially seeing them driving through Germany which there is no there where is are you no. moving to now I'm, I'm curious Poland oh amazing that'd be a great I've got, a, I've got an 11 hour ferry trip there you go and wow. then about <laughs> eight, to, eight to nine hours driving after that. Pack sandwiches. Sometimes you can't yeah. guarantee that they'll have uh, the canteen open. Well, I'm planning to have you know five yard rush, ice kicker on. That's it. You don't need to know anymore. There were other podcasts in these two. But I, I like that tight end uh, movement. That's a great little pick. This is this is why. And I know that I'm almost telling Charlie that we're here to to learn from the gurus, uh, Charlie. Oh, but yeah. we, but but it's interesting. Charlie never asked me throughout the whole season of fantasy, and I wanted to bring this up today. 
I'll ask him, I'll go, look, I'm streaming quarterbacks. Like, Who do you think I should go for? And Charlie, like, he'll give me his opinion. Charlie never asks me for my opinion. <laughs> and I respect that in, in many ways, but it, it, I do like that conversation. It's quite right. nice that you, you... Does the champ ask questions? Who <laughs> 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 also finished bottom this season, but let's not worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't ask. And for a number of reasons because I don't know and, and it's, it's so true we're not saying it to compliment you I've, I've said this to Merv so much we, oh, there's so much fantasy I want to know you guys are the gurus we, you, there's never enough you can never know enough do you know what mm. I mean and so, there's so many questions I had you guys are the guys to go for it and uh, especially after last year first, went first to last so mm. kind of hurts the indec- indecision what, having too much knowledge is actually is, is, you can't you, kind of like paralysed by it. you're like do I play him or not uh, the guy that won it this year uh, in our league uh, just Alvin Kamara ruined me and it's just like this point so but then another guy that he beat had uh, Philip Lindsay that came in for him and it's whether you pick and, and drop and I wanted to know from you guys whether it's it's good like what's that prospect you know someone's going to get injured early how do you maintain knowing who's going to be that, that guy to come through is it just purely looking at injuries and how many running backs they have on each team and thinking, here's, here's a gem? Do you want to say that or should I? You, both? you start and I'll fill in all the gaps. <laughs> so I think, um, I think one of the things for me when you're looking at, especially the running back position, it's so key. We've, we said it on the podcast, especially towards the end of the season, you've got to handcuff your running backs. So if you know <clears throat> you've got uh, a running back Todd Gurley, and then a lot of people went and got John Kelly, CJ Anderson came through last minute. Um, You look at the Kareem Hunt situation, you know, if you picked up Spencer Ware and Damian Williams, um, you're laughing. But these these handcuffs need to be on your roster. If you've got a player that is heavily active, so I'm looking at the start of the season, who's the number two behind Zeke Elliott? I'm picking him up. Last season with Rod Smith, he's a free agent. We don't know what's going to happen there. Um, If I've got a premium running back, Saquon Barkley, uh, Zeke Elliott, and Alvin Kamara, I'm, I'm picking the, the handcuff up and I'm keeping them all season just to sit there. And yes, it burns a roster spot, but when something happens and it can happen at any point, you've immediately got the starter. And the worst thing you can do is have one of these studs on your roster. The amount of people that lost leagues when having Todd Gurley all season mm. for not having been quick enough to, and it's hard to predict CJ Anderson mm. but you have to be in a position to pick him up mm. and you have to be quick on the wire and you've got to make the pivot quickly if you hadn't prepared for that that's lost your league mm. all that work of getting through number one number two seed not handcuffed Creep Hunt was another one mm. the amount of people that didn't uh, it was weird we were in a we talked about handcuffing on a podcast I picked up on that Wednesday wire, I picked up Spencer Ware just to handcuff somebody else's handcuff. I took him because I had the roster spots. I wasn't going to make the main playoffs. I was going to be in the losers' playoffs. And on the Friday, the tape comes out, Kareem Hunt is released. And all of a sudden, everyone's sitting there looking at the waiver wire. Where's Spencer Ware? Already got him. <laughs> yeah. I got him on Wednesday. It, it, it's been that quick that I find the the thinking ahead. But, that, but then that's the week to week. So, I think handcuffing your your premium assets because if you leave them out there and someone else grabs them, you you're gonna hate yourself. Because mm. well, I mean, I, I mean, I, sorry, I watched uh, Charlie with like Derek Henry picked him up, and then uh, 
he was running back as well. Yeah, Chubb, didn't you know? Uh, who did you have? From? I picked up Chubb after yeah. uh, Hyde went. No one had Chubb, believe it or not. Amazing. And, and so it's really interesting watching how other people play. But I, can't, I love that when, especially in the group chat, knowing someone's going to get an injury and then and handcuffing, getting a, that extra running back. But it's just being aware of it and being ready to go. I think the thing as well is you don't, for me, I don't draft my handcuffs because you're wasting a roster spot. There's the chance of a running, all right, David Johnson two years ago, first game this season, no one would have drafted Chase Anderson or whoever at that point because that's not something I do and I don't think many people draft because the way I draft is you get you get your, your standard lineup who you know we're going to play week in week out and then the rest of you, you, got, you draft for upside so then you pick players you think if they do go off they're on my roster they're not available on the waiver so by drafting a handcuff you're, you're wasting one of those upside picks and then sort of by week six, seven, you know who your starting lineups are. You've done your early waiver wire work, and then you think, well, actually, there's a guy on my bench. He's only scored four or five points a week. I can drop him for a handcuff, and then lo and behold, boom, Kareem Hunt, Todd Gurley, Zeke, whoever goes down, your handcuff or their handcuff is in your lineup. So it doesn't necessarily have to be your stud. Go and get a handcuff, pr- preferably yours. But if you've got room to pick up a couple because your starting lineup is so locked in and strong, you're in a winning position if someone was to go down. Don't forget, it's much easier at the end of the season, right? Because at that point, you've got you don't need to store roster spots for 16 weeks of gameplay. You're talking about two, three, four. It's so much easier to cut your you know bye weeks right away. So if you've got an extra quarterback, you can bin them. If you've got an extra DST, you can bin them. Extra tight end, they can go. You really start to trim those roster spots after your bye weeks are done. So, you, you're all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, I can't release roster spots. But actually, when your bye weeks are gone, you've got some players that are very, very easy cut candidates. Um, someone like Carson Wentz last season was an easy cut candidate after your bye weeks because he wasn't producing, and then he ended up losing the job anyway. Mm. So, easy player to get rid of. Um, secondary tight ends, even though the tight ends were falling apart, you eventually would have had it. If you had a backup tight end, it would have been someone like Austin Hoop. In fact, Austin Hoop probably was starting. So, you probably had someone like Carl Rudolph. Yeah, oh, don't I, I reckon he was probably starting, but uh, yeah, someone like Carl Rudolph might be your backup tight end. Um, they're getting cut. Um, Olsen cut, all those sorts of sort of players can go. So that's what I mean. You start trimming your roster spot, and then you think, actually, what ifs? And I always play the what if game, and I also think in a matchup, if I'm playing against someone who's quite weak at quarterback, I'll start stashing the top quarterbacks in the week. Um, so that they can't have them. You're a sabotager, and I'm, and uh, that's my phrase for you. You're a sabotager for other people. Is, it, to... is it a sabotage? No, no, no. Or is it playing the game? Oh, it wasn't a criticism. Yeah. It was more kind of like saying, you're a brilliant sabotager. You're the person in the league that I'm like, who's got some... It's going to be Murph's got him, because you're, you're thinking ahead for those moves. I was very fortunate this year by having Zach Ertz and George Kittle, and I had them all, uh, all season, And but now looking at that like it, there was a handcuff like these guys are so good and it's just lucky that George Kittle went from a 500 yard season to a 1300 know, yeah which is mine I think my, my big thing in fantasy and I kind of know the answer to this but where does sentiment take over because you can pick your players and I'm all in on the players that I draft they're like my sons <laughs> like I don't like to see them go I don't like to let them fly the nest if I've drafted them, I want them to. I want them to get a medal at the end of the season when we win. I don't want them to go off somewhere and uh, fill a losing culture. But we, you can see that. So say week one, week two, and you, you've you've drafted someone, and then 
let's say Randall Cobb, for instance, maybe a poor example, but you know, then week one, week two doesn't produce. Do you straight away are you cutting losses, or are you like, well, week one, week two, the, the defensive line was banged up for Green Bay, so he, that that affected him. Rogers was Dan, you know, or do you do you wait, or do you have to be like, right, I have to get on the the hot train because the problem with that is. And this does happen. Now, I mean, sort of luck of the draw. But you know when you cut someone and then next guy picks him up and then he goes off and then it's like, has Cobb gone for three touchdowns? He's not done that for five years. You had and Derek now, Henry. And then if, yeah, the, the week I dropped him, you know, when he went for like yeah, four, four, four touchdowns on yards and I'm just like, I can't really catch a break. And that's why I'm like, I'd rather sit and then do nothing all season than someone pick him up. It's, it's petty, it's stubbornness, but that plays a lot into my fantasy teams. I feel your pain with Derek. Yeah. yeah, same. But then, you know, how many people dropped Derek? How many people then picked him up? And how many people actually played him that week? Murph's got his hand up, but he would, we heard that on the pod. But actually, percentage-wise, people would have picked him up because of the possibility. But if you were bold enough to play him, then fair play. But most majority of people, I think, would have left him on the bench. I picked him out of desperation. I had no so not necessarily Derek Henry I mean any big but player that if yeah, yeah. not performed for a little while you just go cold on him because you're like so, I need wind I, so I, I, had, I had Derek for like three weeks before nothing mm. like three points eight points if that drop him and then but so the way I look at this first of all there is no place for sentimentality I would drop anyone tomorrow I'd drop, I'd drop my own mother from the lineup. if <laughs> she was a drag on the ticket um, she's she's going. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm here to isn't win. That, right? Isn't that a line from Heat? You know, if you can't, if you can drop them within five seconds, then you move on. And it's a great film. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 anybody, anybody on my roster is available for trade. Anyone on my roster is available to go at any point if they stop producing. You have to look at. There's a bit of this that's analytics. There's a bit of this that's skill, and a bit of it that's luck. You're always going to drop someone that can then produce. But I'm not looking at short term production. I'm looking bigger picture. So if I can, if I'm going to drop someone from my roster and I'm going to pick somebody up, I'm picking them up for a reason, and it's because I believe in their long-term productivity. Or I'm playing week-to-week matchups, and I think that guy's getting me a W who, at the cost of somebody else. Who was that guy you had here? Who was it every week he was changing his team lineup completely, just dropping players left, right, and centre. Yeah, mm. and he said like he had. Every he played the wire perfectly, but every week he was just changing two thirds of his team there based on what the stats told him to do. I think there you're asking for a lot. I, I always look at, so I don't play like favourite players or anything like that. I, I'm always thinking about who is going to give me long term production. Sometimes you get it wrong, and sometimes you don't. I think you have to look at cutting your losses. At the end, it's your team. You've got to feel comfortable with it. You've got to sleep at night. People that got rid of people, people that cut Derek Henry. I just don't quite understand why you cut him. I, I get benching him. If if you said to me that week, I've benched him. And he's sitting on my bench. He done nothing all year though. Yeah, not mm-hmm. but who did you replace him for? I, I can't remember. It might have even been Jordan Howard was ruining your Jordan Howard ruining. But you say it's about long term production. But how do I know? I'm saying this is more of a question after weeks one, two, and three. How so, do I know? If I've drafted them, I believe in them to give me that long-term production. I don't want to cut them yet. After the first few weeks, you can't cut them because it takes teams a little while to get into their stride. Mm-hmm. And not only that... But you can miss on waivers if you do that. Yeah, you, you, you can, but then I'd like to think after listening to us and stuff, you will have drafted properly. And those first, nice. those and first, yeah. those first couple of weeks, you know, they might have had a schedule that on paper was good. But 
at the time. Like, take uh, Ezekiel Elliott against Dominic Sue in the playoffs. They were going to trounce all over that round D because the round D is only there to get to the quarterback. And lo and behold, Sue turns up and stops Zeke to absolutely stupid yards in the playoffs. Yeah. So there is a little bit of, of luck in that. Um, but not only that, you you get to week six and seven and then you can start thinking, well, actually, the first few weeks he hasn't, he hasn't performed. Following that, he's still not performed. Now I can drop him. Because somebody of that calibre, you know, Randall Cobb, right, poor example again, but let's just say he was the Devontae Adams of the team. You're not going to drop him anyway, even if he's mm. had a bad few weeks. So let's, let's, well, let's use Cobb then. Say Cobb had a bad couple of weeks, his upcoming schedule's good, has a couple of good weeks, then has a couple of bad weeks. The chances of you dropping him for somebody better is unlikely. So, yeah, you can miss on the waivers, but I'd like to think you pick dropping somebody to the waivers with somebody less than Randall Cobb in this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I would say on that, you have to look at why they're not performing. If you can understand the why, then you're much better at understanding whether or not it's a short-term or a long-term problem. So, for example, um, let's look at Derek Henry. Derek Henry, the reason why he wasn't consistently producing early on in the season is he had a new offensive coordinator in a new scheme in a team that had no quarterback at all, really. You can talk about Mariota on the centre, but it was him, Gabbert, Gabbert, Mariota, injured. So they knew it was a run game offence. So all they did is sat the box and you couldn't do anything. The touches were there. The carries were there. Everything was everything was there. It was just a case of eventually you had to trust the coaching and the scheming, which is why I'd get people benching but not people who dropped him. Yeah. So when he, I started seeing him on waiver wires, I was like, I'll have him because one, he's better than what I've got. But two, just always feel that talent will come good. So if you can understand why wide receivers aren't catching, is it because it's a new team and he's not got the plays, he's not got the relationship with the quarterback. Um, someone like Deshaun Jackson's a great example because you're looking at someone who had elite production in the first four weeks of the season under Fitz and then people stayed with him till week nine, week ten. It's like, well, if you know that Winston is the quarterback, you know his production is going to just tank because him and Winston aren't on the same page. They cannot find each other. Mm. And that's that's where, if you can understand why it's going wrong, and I think that's the whole thing, and if you're willing to take that, that little bit of time or listen to us or whatever and, and understand why players are going wrong, then you can see, is there a path to that being fixed? Someone like Sean Jackson was absolutely no way going to be fixed, so he was an easy-cut candidate. But someone like Derek Henry, you had to trust eventually the scheming because he was getting the touches, he was getting the workload, he just wasn't getting the production. I yeah, took Mari Cooper in the draft uh, quite high because I was like, right, I need, I need an elite uh, wide receiver, someone who's going to be decent, and a lot of people had already taken the go-to guys that we all know. Uh, he was the, the bane of my... I, I couldn't sleep because I was like, is he going to get a zero point week? And then oddly what was happening, I was going, right, he's got zero that week. I don't like the matchup next week. He'd get 20-odd points. And I was flip-flopping. So every time he'd score highly, people in the, the group chat were laughing at me like, oh, there's crap, uh, you know, there's Amari Cooper on your bench again. And, then, and, I, was, and I, couldn't, I couldn't look. Maybe it's that because I don't have enough knowledge. I was like, why is it not working some weeks and working the other weeks? And that's what I found infuriating. And I think that's what leads people to then go, right, he's not working for me. I'm, he's infuriating me enough. I don't want him in my team just so I don't have to deal with the, the stress and anxiety of it. And that, and that makes more sense. I mm. think that's something that... Amari Cooper was a hard one because you, you can see talent but not production. And then you're just trying to work it out. But 
I mean, I kept him and felt incredibly validated uh, when he moved to the, the Cowboys and then it was 30-point week and I was like, oh, I'm a genius. But it still didn't get me the big W at the end of the season. I just think this is a, a lesson to think about for next season in your drafts. When you're drafting these sorts of players, the Amari Coopers of the world and, and whatnot, you need to think about, one, is it a new head coach? Two, is it a new offensive coordinator? Is there a new scheme? Is there new things for them to learn? How much of a relationship do they have? Because I'm always going to mark down new guys in a team, no matter how good. I'd even think of that with Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown in the third round is just... I can't, we can't turn that down. Like that's just it, that's too good a price that we're getting, even though we don't know where he's going. And we know that his production isn't going to be what it was last year. But even if he's 80% of what he was last year, he's better than the third round pick we picked at. So it's kind of a no-brainer. So you have to allow, when a player moves teams, a drop in production, especially at the beginning. It's just a case of, wait, can you, can you live with that? Because if you can't, then it's the same in any sport whenever somebody moves to a new environment you might get a few that hit the, mm-hmm. hit the ground running but they've got to learn a new play scheme they've got a new culture a new environment a new city it takes time um, to settle in so I'm always weary of teams uh, new players and teams and I'm always weary of rookies for that very reason and you'll always have exceptions Philip Lindsay for example is a great exception and running backs tend to hit the ground running a bit faster no pun intended because they pretty straightforward they're finding gaps and a lot of that is scheme and and blocking and and the rest of that is just the ability to see the plays but wide receivers I think it's more complicated tight ends quarterbacks caveat as well not just players moving team but players moving into a new role within that team so we mentioned the other day about Juju and the Steelers and stuff now everyone's going to draft Juju higher because he's the one at the Steelers but you know he's not going to be in the slot anymore and if he is his production's not going to be as high fantasy wise he doesn't have somebody like AB taking coverage away from him now so is he going to deal well with the double coverage and then you've got James Washington sliding up they're both on the same team but they're both doing new roles so with that being said are they going to fill the role as well as the predecessors did so Juju's going to go high James Washington's going to get drafted but we haven't got any tape on him really since college Juju we don't you know Charlie you said in the last pod about him not coping well with no AB but he's still going to get drafted high. So what you need to do is you need to look through the cloud of, I want to say recency bias, but it isn't that at all, of, of what people think they know. And that's not being, making, mm. being rude about it. Like people think Juju's the one there, he's got to go early, when actually there might be a receiver there of the same, of higher quality, of a one, like and Julio Jones, for instance. I think they'll probably go in redrafts coming up around the same time because Juju was so good last at recency bias. Juju was really good. But Julio Jones is possibly, technically, the greatest receiver in the league. And I'm taking Julio over Juju all day, every day. Mm. So just, and just to back up this point, so I just looked up standard scoring for wide receivers last year. Right? So Tyreek Hill, number one, same teams you will see before. Brown at two, Adams at three, Hopkins at four, Julio Jones at five, Evans at six. All the way down. The first player I can find, and I'm scrolling all the way down, that was on a new team was rookie Calvin Ridley so we'll call him a new player in a new team who was at 18th 18th highest scoring wide receiver in rankings um, in standard scoring was the first player who effectively had a new team because he was a rookie then you had Amari Cooper at 19 so two players in the top 20 ranked 18th and 19th with 
wide receivers in new t- in new teams. And part of that is elite talent that will always stay in, in premium plays. And Anthony Brown will buck that trend a little bit. We would expect, but my point is, if they're new wide receivers, you have to allow time. And for me, they'll always have a lower a lower ceiling. And then I might draft someone else as a result. So the thing for me was that so last year I read this article. And it said that um, you should be drafting zero RBs. You should be going all in on wide receivers. I'm, I agree with you because it really mucks me out. Obviously, I finished last, last year. <laughs> Did you follow after, that? Uh, yeah, after finishing first. And so I'm just so this article said zero RBs. Go and get the elite wide receivers because the drop off from elite wide receivers to your average wide receivers is bigger than the drop off from the elite running backs to. The average running backs, like you can pick up a good running back in the third, fourth round, and they'll get you a similar type of points. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go with this. You know, you can't, you can't uh, stay stagnant. You got to keep, you got to adjust. <laughs> Even though you won, you got to keep moving. So I had the third pick, which is not a great pick because then you pick really late. Gurley went, uh, Bell went. Unfortunately, even though he, he didn't play, and I, I went Antonio Brown. I thought I go Antonio Brown. Um, so it's, it's, it's higher for Brown, but you know what you're getting. Still, was, was it a PPR league? Yeah. Okay, so Brown at three is not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. It's so not the, it's end not of the worst pick you've ever made. No, so it's not the end of the world, but it's, it's, it's still fairly high when there's other people on the board. And then when I got back round on the, I think it was the 19th pick or whatever, loads of players are gone. Went AJ Green, not great. And then I panicked and diverted away from this format. I've gone, because everyone went, I went, right, I've got to get a running back now because. I know I've gone zero RB, but everyone's gone. I'm going to need someone. I thought I'd been really cute, really clever. New new system with Nagy's come over from Hunt. I went Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah but I drafted Jordan Howard at the beginning of the third yeah, because yeah, of exactly yeah. what you just said. His landing spot was was three four, so it's not a disaster. But you know you're going to make mistakes and things like Jordan Howard. A lot of people made mistakes on last year. Uh, Leonard Fournette was another example of one. So. Zero RB is not a strategy. No, it's not. And why I'm saying it just before you come in, Chris, was because I thought, okay, this would be okay in the points. But then I was coming up against players like Kamara. I think one game Kamara played me, he got 46 points. And the guy that had him, his running back tandem was Kamara and McCaffrey. And I was just like, this is just absolutely like the top tier that AJ Green was getting was around 20 on his best day. And I'm, I'm going up against 80 with two players on running back. I was like, I'm, I can't get near it. That's why in that particular league, and I don't know how Antonio feels about this, I ended up just going, right, I see it, I'm streaming quarterbacks to, to try and maximise the amount of points based on matchups that they would have. So I'd be dropping one for one week and going, right, who's going to get me the most points there? And then just trying to make sure the, the running backs I had and wide receivers would... And, and I had George Kittle, Zach Ertz, who were winning me games because of the, the PPR league. I think it was something you said before was playing the game so looking at the game that you've got who your opposition is what they favour are they a run heavy are they a more of a passing are they, what, what's the best that's going to work for that and like you said before not feeling too worried about dropping there or you said benching as well I had a I had two leagues last last year did okay followed your sage-like advice <laughs> got me through it and um, had some true mess luckily steered away from the Brown situation at the start came close to picking him but for some reason at the last minute decided not to went McCaffrey but didn't pick a quarterback until really really late on but then made the cardinal cardinal um, error which was <clears throat> when you give your team your fantasy team name 
something like um, you know you gain or lose you've got no choice but to choose Graham Gano as your as your kicker therefore you've got no other choice but to have him as your kicker mm. so but in terms of what we said before playing the game looking at but the amount of research you can do into it it can go, can be so exhaustive sometimes you just spend hours and hours and hours I think I read somewhere someone even looked at like the weather condition if they were playing indoor or outdoor and how that would we started, been there. We started we've been there. that in didn't we on the yeah. on podcast and people were like oh that's a nice bit of insight <laughs> but like so did you reach high for kickers I mean that was something that you know because they could be the difference um, with, with kickers would you because the first year I the first year I drafted I, I thought right I'm going to go with a team that's not got a great offence so they're never going to get in the end zone they're always going to be going for field goals I thought that's going to get me points and actually went for Brandon McManus at the Broncos and his fantasy season was terrible and next year I went right I'm getting Greg Zorline of the Rams and it was the year they went crazy and Greg won me games on his own Greg Delegg so Isn't I was it? like is it the offence that scores or it's, uh, there's a couple of kickers that will win you weeks you know Greg Delegg Justin like Gould yeah, Gould, he could Harrison do it. Butker. Yeah, and uh, Justin Tucker. Mm-hmm. They can win you weeks. But then it, it, it massively depends on how your kicker points scoring is set up as well. Because it can be a bit skewed, especially if you miss from a long way out. You can get bigger negative points, and misses shouldn't really be penalised anyway. You should get one point up until 50 yards, then you should get three, and then if you miss, you don't get penalised. Because then kickers become. Kickers are an important part of fantasy because they are part of the offence. But then they shouldn't be winning weeks. So you shouldn't have Greg the Leg and Justin Tucker getting twenty-eight points when AJ Green is struggling to do twenty twenty-two. That's that's up to Charlie. Then he's the lead uh, league man. He yeah. can he can he can factor that in yeah. for next season. And, and how do you guys feel about? So there's a lot of like I know you spoke about earlier. This it's all part of the game. It's not cheating. It's not sabotaging. I think a couple of times in our league, a few teams were a point up, a zero point five up still with a Monday night game to play and they've got one player left and they took them out of their lineup so they don't go minus. Is that is that that's a no-no or no, that's part of the game? I think for me, it is a smart move because you're not going to lose but you should play a full roster. You should have commitment in the team. You play as you play to know they're not going to go out there and score it, you a It kind of feels like it goes against the etiquette. Of, yeah, yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? I, I get it because you, you, it's all about getting a W. I understand that but I'm a little bit like I don't like it as much. I, I don't like winning like that. I'll be honest with you. I've done it once in my entire life. I've been in this situation probably a dozen, maybe a bit more than that times. And there's two scores of First of all, there's a stat correction. So actually, if I'm only winning by half a point, three quarters of a point to point, I'd rather play the player and just blow out the stat correction. If I'm winning by like four points, the only time I've ever done it was I had... Running back, I can't remember who it was, but it wasn't a great running back in my lineup, and there was every chance that a fumble, etc., could happen. And in that situation, I did take it out. But if I've got a good player, a, a good player, um, I'm not even talking great, I'm not even talking elite, just someone who is on my roster who's a, a decent player. Let's say a running back 24, wide receiver 24, that sort of level, I'm playing them anyway. Because one, kind of want to win by more points. Um, you never know when. Score points scored could be a tiebreaker in your league and things like that. But two, I think it's just the spirit of the game. I'd rather beat a guy by twenty points than win by two, um, or lose by two. Yeah, but <laughs> that hurts so much. It, it, it does. <laughs> but again, the stat correction comes in. I've lost in three consecutive seasons to a stat correction, so 
it's a pretty horrible place to be. Um, and I think you just got to. It's, it's up to you. I don't. I don't have a problem if somebody does it because it's smart, but I don't. But doesn't it go against like the cardinal sin of not putting forward a full team mm. like everyone else does? Yeah, but it's the, it's the game. It's just uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's not it's not wrong, but it's it it, it depends how you want to win. For me, I'm always going to try and put the best team out because I want. It, I still think that things like points difference, um, points scored matter. And if you if you don't think that that will come back, I do believe in karma. Right? I think that's going to come back and bite you somewhere down the line. So it's, I think it. Sorry, I'm have to cut you off. It's the same as in Dynasty, not playing for a good record. Like if you have the first two thirds of your season is terrible, that I hate. And then you you just tank. You just you don't play. You cannot even set a lineup because you're going to go try and go and get the first pick. It's not the same as the NFL. Your team isn't completely reliant on that number one pick. And you're just giving, and you can affect other people's fantasy playoffs and stuff as well. Yeah. So you could stop somebody else getting into the playoff. Play the spirit. Of the I game. would, I would exactly put somebody that. out. And also, I don't ever play to lose. So I've blown up my dynasty team. I've inherited, I inherited this team. It's all for trash. I have blown it up. It's very different blowing it up at the start of the season. I don't think anyone in the league begrudges me trading away tradable assets for picks to rebuild. And my team has every chance. Of going zero fourteen next season. Did you did you tell everybody I'm not in a rebuilding year and then rebuild? No, you I, like I, a classic NFL team. <laughs> we're not in a rebuild. Oh, First no. team and not rebuilding. I, 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 I came out until I'm the New Oakland Raiders. <laughs> so I'm I'm the real life John Gruden. But it's we, very different when you do that in the beginning. But I will set a lineup every week because actually I want to beat everyone in the league. And if I'm zero twelve and I'm in week thirteen, I'm still going to go out there. If I'm playing Chris, I'm going to want to beat. Yeah. It's nothing else, it's just pride. Yeah, well, amen to that. That will happen this year. I just think you, you want to... I, I don't get this. I don't play fantasy football to lose. Yeah. Yes, I've blown up my roster. Yes, I know that there's a very good chance I'll finish 0-14 with that team next year. And that is part of the model that I've built to try and be competitive in two, three seasons. And that's okay. But I can't just go, oh, well, sod it. I'll just... I'll mm-hmm. turn up next year. I'll and just sit there. You, you'll kick me out. And also, it's just, it's just not on. It's just... I play every week because I enjoy it and it's the banter and... And do you know what? If if I got whacked eighty points, lose to an eighty point team one week, like I lose by eighty points, and the next week I lose by ten, that's a victory for me. Yes, yeah, like, you've improved, and that's, that's what I mean. It's clicking, and, and you're always building. What what was it happened last year, Charlie, where you contacted ESPN to know why their point? This is this is how this is how it got to. Sorry, complete different tangent, but it's just quite funny to to tell everybody. No, so um, do you remember there was a play in the Rams Seahawks game? And Brandon Cook caught the ball for the reception, and then he got the injury. And he went out of the game. Yeah, it was yeah. a thirty-four yard gain, and that thirty-four. I only needed that from Brandon Cooks, so I was in a position. Bearing in mind, I was last. I was literally pulling my hair out, clutching his straw. <laughs> so straight away on the app, you get the points. I'm in the lead. I've got it. Blah blah blah. But because I was so excited, didn't watch the game. The Rams took the penalty on the foul after they reviewed it. Went back to so the that negated the catch and the reception. Yeah, they didn't get Brandon Cooks. In that time, I've completely missed this, and I'm already tweeting ESPN, ESPN stats, ESPN fantasy. Where's Brandon Cooks? He's three point four. It was a thirty-four yard gain. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Because I can't get I just get this phone call or text from Tommy. He's like, "Why are you tweeting abuse at ESPN?" I was like, "I can't stand for this." I was like, "I need to know." It, and it was so from Ice the Kicker Pod as well. <laughs> <laughs> no personal account. It's a funny story on that game. 
I remember this game, and the reason why is a friend of mine who loves loves a pump, loves a flutter. Oh, he works for a bookmaker. He, they, Sky but had made an error on their wow. on their odds. Yeah, on the over under on the over under of thirty five, and it paid out at over evens. Right, okay. I think I, I might yeah, I back, you mentioned it to me and I backed it so, so you had people, that reception my friend had £500 on it so that reception cost him like £1200 <laughs> but any, any other day that's 35 yeah. yards is in the bucket all day long but then he gets a concussion he's out of the game it's just like because oh. I didn't realise they took the they took the photo didn't yeah they, they, they took, took the penalty, penalty yeah. So yeah I remember that last season so crazy and Tony do you have one last question before we uh, wrap this one up uh, <laughs> Everyone's staring at me now. <laughs> Pressure. Nothing that you'd struggle at the combine interviews. Yeah, I would. Uh, I I would. This, this is what it's all based on. We were talking about it in our <laughs> podcast today uh, the other day. Like we just, but you know, anything. I'm first. I'm going to say thanks for letting me come here because it's an amazing experience to see this. <laughs> the wealth of knowledge that's being presented here and the arguments that are going backwards and forwards and the level of dedication that's going on. Um. Last, actually, one question: What were your fantasy team names? Well, I. How many do you want? I have twenty-five. Teams. I know you, you didn't Did have you quite a few. No, you had twenty-five teams. Okay, what, what was your best you want, one? To ask him, how many rings he got? Nah, how many rings did you get? Just the one, mate. Rings. Yeah. Is that the important one? It was. Yeah, it was my money league. So, and it, let's not how talk much about time? How much time were you putting into two it? and a half hours a week setting lineups and doing waivers? Wow. How much, how much research time? I know, I know, but when he says that, into, puts it into context about... My, I had two leagues and that was stressing me out. One was the NFL.com app and I was infuriated with that. That can jog on. I'm not doing another league next year. I don't care. It's all about... You, you were explaining which one to go for. Yeah, Best, Best team, team name. Come on, Chris. Mine's Tommy Touchdowns. Math? <laughs> 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 um, I had quite a few... Um, I think my best one was Badonka Kronk. Oh, yeah, nice. well, that's a good one. Mine's probably in the listener league. Uh, Needle in Vita Vea stack. Oh, nice! I love that. First round pick. I like that. That was, that was a winning team, by the way. You've got to stick with it now. Five, five of us uh, listener league. Sorry, listeners. Uh-huh. Next year, come on. Mine's actually really poor, but I didn't go for the quirky thing. I just went as a Green Bay Packers fan, called my team ahead of the pack. I like right. it. So last. Yeah. <laughs> so I, mean, I think most of mine were actually just places and names that I've been to. So where I live is Carl Shorten, I had the Carl Shorten Huskies and just all of that randomness. Teams that didn't actually exist. But See, I, I know friends of mine who even went as far as like getting logos made up and actually paying people on Instagram to make a logo for them for their team. I love that. That's dedication and I admire that. And that's what doesn't win your league. <laughs> Well, boys, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having us. We feel, just like Antonio, we feel honoured to be here. Just you four and everyone, so it's a pleasure. Give uh, give yourselves a plug. Charlie's nodding at me, which means it's me to do this, which I appreciate. Uh, Ice to Kick a Pod, that's our Twitter. Uh, You can uh, download our podcast on every pretty much avenue and streaming that are available uh, for you Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we're on pretty much everything so check us out if you like NFL and like Charlie and I and, and like to talk and, uh, and talk a bit more rather than fantasy football then, then we're the podcast for you love that Antonio would you like to give yourself a plug on the show dedicated fan listener um, I'm having to run a small not very 
well-populated fan club on Facebook called Pan for Nation International. We've got fans and members from as far away as Australia. We've got one crazy guy who's up in Antarctica on a, on a military base up there, but he's still a fan. Um, I'm on Twitter as um, OG on the Silent One. Don't ask me why. It's a <laughs> name from a kid's book that I picked up donkeys years ago. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Panthers come over here and, you know, hopefully do something against the Bucks, though I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think Cam's going to really have recovered from the surgery by then. But I hope so. Fingers crossed. And you're joining us for the show on Friday. Even better. Love that. Well, good luck with your endeavour in Poland. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Love, as always. Pleasure with you mine. Until next time, Rush Nation, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforyoumc.org. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.